Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show, and a brief pause to do a quick audit before we finish off the year, because the question is, is your 2023 going as planned? When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. So it's my plan that in these first episodes of the month, it'll be just you and I. A deeper dive into something that's been showing up in DMs, in conversations I've had with you, my most excellent listeners, or just a topic that feels important enough to devote a whole episode to. Something slightly bigger than bullet points that just needs a deeper dive. And I actually recorded a bullet points episode a few weeks ago about the very real phenomenon of stress timber. And lots of people wrote to me to let me know that they always feel a sense of funk and unexplained stress and unease around this time and had put it down to echoes of back to school vibes, minor PTSD and hadn't really thought about it any more deeply. And it made me think about all the pressures we put on ourselves and how one can enter the year with nothing but hope and optimism about what might be possible in the forthcoming 12 months. And then how, in the second half of the year especially, we can double down on that hope and expectation, but add a layer of time is running out pressure and panic to it, which ends up making it feel like a real weight on our shoulders. I don't know about anyone else, but this ends up becoming an almost unbearable weight by the end of the year. (laughs) More than once, I have arrived at New Year's Eve feeling a real sense of, damn, I screwed up. (laughs) I end up having sort of an existential crisis in that weird period between Christmas and New Year where I feel that maybe, just maybe, I can do something in those few days to become the person I thought I was going to evolve into over the year that has just passed. But of course, that's completely impossible. And the truth is, I have. I have entered many, many January the 1st feeling really sad, almost tearful, just sort of feeling quite helpless, like I haven't done nearly as much as I should have done. I have put a huge amount of pressure on myself and it has made me feel really sad, really useless and really less than. And no one's doing that to me but me. And there are a few things that are happening here. One, I'm not paying attention because truth be told, it's impossible to have learned nothing over 12 months. And if any one of my friends came to me and said, Emma, it's the 31st of December and I feel wretched, I just haven't done anything this year, I would be able to tell them, I'm sure many things that they had done, so surely the same applies to me. And though it might not feel like much, or it might not look like the growth and change that you were hoping for, or I was hoping for, that doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. The second thing is that I'm playing this really weird game where I'm just not noticing that I'm giving myself a really hard time, dare I say even bullying myself with my own perceived lack of achievement. That definitely comes into play. And third of all, tied into all of that, is just not giving myself any credit for what I have achieved. So the end of the year existential crisis is really tough. And the reason why I'm thinking about all of this is because this year has been one where I have learned a lot of lessons, some of them the hard way. And it hasn't been pleasant at times, and I'm almost preempting feeling absolutely wretched at the end of December, 
But I have done that so many times before and I don't want to do it again, which means some effort is required now to avoid it happening in a few months time. In fact, I think I entered 2023 with a weird ramped up kind of fast and the furious motivation. 2020 and 2021 were, well, they were what they were, weren't they? And I actually found 2022 quite a challenge. I found reintegrating back into the real world quite difficult after nearly two years in isolation. I was by myself during the lockdowns and I just got on with it. And truth be told, I was wildly efficient. I was thriving. I was able to focus on the things that I know work for me, like routine, exercising regularly, and just working. I really fell in love with what I do. I was doing three podcasts a week. I was doing two interviews a week. I was doing bullet points. There were just there was so much going on, and I was having the best time. I found not having any distractions absolutely wonderful. And I also found not socializing, which I love, but would be also lying if I said I didn't find it draining. I found not socializing made life a lot easier and a lot more efficient. And even though the world was in chaos and everything was quite scary, my little bubble was one where I focused on what I could do and very little else. I was way more productive work-wise over those 18 or so months and all of the external stimulus or stimuli, events, socialising, etc. I didn't really miss them. Don't get me wrong, I adore my friends and I miss them madly, but I was in touch with more people over text and email and Zoom and all of those things than I ever really am in real life. And so I felt connected to people in a way that small talk at events just doesn't allow. So like I said, I really didn't hate it. But when 2022 came around and everything seemed to sort of rush back to normal, almost overnight, I I really hid. I went for as long as I could without having to reintegrate. And that was really difficult because I saw so many people on social media just sort of living their lives as if nothing had ever happened. And I think if I'm really honest with myself, I was scared. I was scared to reintegrate. But then also I was working so much at home and loving it that giving some of that up to go out and about was something I felt really reluctant to do. But again, there was that fear thing, but that's another thing to unsort of tap at some, at a later date. So for that reason, 2022 felt really unsettled and I was more out of balance with work life and stuff than actually ever before. And as a result, I started thinking in 2023, at the turn of the year, I was like, right, this is going to be it. I make stuff happen. And dear listeners, I made some really shocking decisions and I trusted people I shouldn't have trusted. I wish I'd listened to my gut, but I'm trying to look at it now as having learned a few tough lessons in quick succession rather than having to experience them over an extended period. All of this is to say that I'm going to treat the start of October as my end of year audit, because unlike doing this at the tail end of December, If there are things I'm not happy about or would like to change, I have some time to do something about it. And I hope that by sharing this technique and this tactic, if you are someone who also experiences that kind of end of year dread, you can perhaps bring it forward and make some changes so that you can also avoid that feeling. Look, things haven't gone my way in the last 12 months in a few things and I wish the progress I had intended to make at the start of 2023 hadn't been what feels like sabotaged by my poor decisions but this is where I find myself so all I can do now is make better decisions from the tough decisions from the tough lessons learned sorry and this idea really came into sharp sharp focus when I saw Reese Witherspoon on social media this week yes I know I can't believe I'm quoting a billionaire A-list actress but hear me out. And that's not to dismiss the advice from 
and billionaire A-lister, but the air that they breathe is rarefied and their experience is not the general experience of people. But actually, I think she's quite right here. She was on social media recently and she said something along the lines of, do not wait around for the phone to ring or for someone to make your dreams happen. You have to do something literally every single day to push your dreams forward. No one is thinking about what you want to do or how you want to do it or what the mark in the world that you want to make is. That's up to you. So you have to actually do something to make it happen. And it's not just Reese's advice in isolation, but it coincided with something happening. So I would look at that social media post and think, yeah, she's absolutely right. You have to ask for what you want. And I honestly, had I heard that three weeks ago, I would have thought, yeah, I told, I, I asked for what I want. But the truth is, I don't. So for years, I have been secretly hoping that a car company would sponsor me so that I mean, the life of a content creator but so that I could create content with and around driving which I absolutely love to do I've seen many of my friends get deals with car brands and I love what they've done and I thought to myself well that would be so cool that would be a real opportunity to sort of flex a different muscle creative muscle and I don't know but I just relish the opportunity and then the other day I was at lunch with my friend Lavanna when I received an email saying that a car company was potentially interested in working with me. And you can imagine my glee. I think I screeched and said something about a road trip. And what I realized, though, is that I actually hadn't asked for this. I hadn't contacted car companies and asked them if they'd be interested in working with me. I hadn't put out any feelers, showed an interest, followed any car brands on social media. Essentially, this incredible thing had happened that I had really hoped would happen, but I hadn't actually been the engine that made it happen. I had never once communicated to anybody that I would like to work with a car company. And seeing Reese's post meant that I had a long, hard look at myself and what was reasonable for me to expect given how much effort I put into things and what I asked for. I mean, all that's to say that, I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I talk about free people and skims endlessly. And so, you know, I'm sure the phone will ring at some point. <laughs> it hasn't yet, but I'm sure it will. But the truth is, it made me sort of take a step back, as everything does, <laughs> because that's why I'm a little bit too introspective. But I find asking for things really difficult. I think that saying what you want or saying that you want something to someone gives them the power to withhold it. And so I am the queen of playing my cards close to my chest. And I tried to get out of that habit in this last 12 months. And I've actually asked for help twice, which is a lot for me. And both were career related. And I was extremely candid with both, probably more candid than I have ever been. I explained just how important this moment in my career was and how much help I needed to maximize and be in a position to really leverage all of the work that I had done up to this date. And I'm really sad to report that in both instances, I was let down pretty badly. Both situations cost me, cost me a lot financially and wounded me hugely. And I suppose the lesson I chose to learn was don't tell people what you need or what you want. And I repeat, that was the lesson I chose to learn because I was hurt and I felt fragile and I felt vulnerable and I felt like I'd said what I wanted and people had willfully, willfully, deliberately not done it in order to hurt me. But that wasn't necessarily the truth. They could just have not been... They could have been making false promises and I believe therefore, who knows, who knows? But there it was again. I showed my cards and instead of helping, they hindered. And so my natural reaction was to just close up again. But I'm going to be brave and try again. 
And this is why I want to really talk about this at the beginning of October, because realistically, there's a whole quarter of the year to make some changes if that's what you want. I have no idea how it's going to show up asking for help and being clear about what I want. And I know that I have to manage my expectations so I don't feel let down if things don't suddenly just happen. But when I see manifestation everywhere, it sort of winds me up because this isn't about manifesting. This is just, I think this is about sowing seeds. This is just saying, hey, I can do this. If you are ever in the market for somebody who can do this, please, I would like to be at the top of your list for that phone call or that email, whatever it might be. So there's a little bit of work to be done, but the next three months I want to be bold and brave and to ask for the things that I would like in a way that isn't Veruca Salty. (laughs) So it's not, I want a golden egg, daddy. It will be, um, this is something I can do and I would like the opportunity to do it for you or in this context. So anyway, the lesson here is that I can't be upset about the things I want to happen not happening if I haven't put any or enough energy into them. It's absolutely right and appropriate that I know all of the lyrics to Taylor Swift's last five albums because I really have put in the hours on that. But a lot of the other stuff, I might want it. But when I look at the effort I've put in, even though the emotional effort of thinking about about it all the time is definitely something I have done, I have no business really complaining about it not happening because I haven't shared it outside of my head and my heart yet. And I also have to be honest, Mia Culpa, I have really moaned about things not happening. I have moaned about things not happening that I haven't asked for, which is highly unreasonable and a bit daft when you really look at it. I have felt hard done by. What do I expect that people are mind readers? I have felt really hard done by that I haven't just been noticed and plucked out of obscurity like a talent show contestant. And that is so petulant. And really, I do know better, I think. Anyway, I started this episode asking if your 2023 was going to plan, and perhaps that's the wrong way to phrase it, because you can't guarantee plans. What's that expression? Tell God your plans and make God laugh, tell him your plans or something. That's from Khloe Kardashian. Perhaps the better question is, if today was December 31st, is there anything you wish you had done differently? And at this point in my research for this episode, I googled common end of year regrets, but all I was shown was end of life regrets. I could not find, I mean, I went through several pages of Google and every time, even though it was end of year regrets, year end regrets, it just came back with end of life. So maybe they are one and the same. And perhaps that's why the end of the year can feel so heavy for so many of us. New Year's resolutions are perhaps more of a balm, a resolve to do better as you're coming to terms with having not done as well at the important things as you would have liked. And the regret that comes up time and time again is the one about, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Hmm, goodness, I find this one a real challenge because work equals money. And in today's economic climate, money doesn't go nearly as far as it used to. My friend Becky always talks about how her dad says that experiences are worth more than money in the bank, but I'm definitely someone who'll choose work over pleasure because one simply won't exist without the other. I also know that I can't enjoy the time off if I do actually take it, if the cost of having that time off is to go back to reality and feel financially insecure. The bigger question here is, what does that look like? But that's a thread I'll have to pull out on another day because it's probably going to be several hours of podcast if I really dig into that. So it's it's why I find myself at the beginning of October having not taken any time off this year, apart from my trip to see Lindsay in LA and Taylor Swift in Vegas. 
that was definitely a pleasure, but it was not rest. Jet lag absolutely kicked my ass over that week. And I came back and had to hit the ground running and sort of felt for months like I was playing catch up. But I have three months if I resolve to make a change today and just look at my diary and take some time to arrange some time off, whatever that might look like, I can catch it before the opportunity is lost. And that's what's most important because truth be told, listeners, this last week, I have been, well, not just this last week, but it's really shown up this last week. The last few months I have been at appointments, at launches, in and out of town, more than I have ever been since the world was in lockdown. And this week, I had a day of appointments and then I had quite a big gap between a mid-afternoon appointment and an early evening launch event for Dr. Sam Bunting's new moisturizer, which is excellent, by the way. The technology is really fascinating. And I was keen to go because not only is Sam a friend, obviously she's been on the podcast, but it was hosted by Nadine Bagger, who's also a friend. And I knew that my lovely friend, Claire Coleman, my clever friend, was going to be there. So obviously I didn't want to miss out on seeing three really wonderful friends. But I had quite a big gap between appointments and I just thought I sat down at a restaurant just because I had some time to kill and I just thought I'm going to fall asleep. I'm actually I don't I need to walk to the station because if I'm going to fall asleep in this chair, this is ridiculous. So I have definitely I'm definitely feeling the effects of not really having taken any proper time off. And all I have ever done really truthfully is if I have ever felt like that in the week, I've taken a few hours off. I have been to the cinema once this year. And long-time listeners will know that that was kind of like how I would take a holiday. That was how I would enjoy the free and freelance, is to shut up shop at about three o'clock and go to the cinema. I have been once this year. I have made no time for any real break because I have just been hustling because of the aforementioned bad decisions. But it doesn't matter. I still need to rest. So my commitment to myself and to you is that I will make sure that I take a break between now and the end of the year. I don't know what it will look like, but it will look like something, hopefully. I'll let you know as soon as I do. Um, The main thing is, is that I can catch this before the opportunity to take any time off is lost and I try and I go straight back into January mode and hit the ground running. The second regret that people talk about is I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends and this one really stings. This one really sort of like doesn't just sting, it's sort of punches me in the gut gets me on the floor and then kicks me in the like shins or back or whatever it just it just really gets me on the ground and keeps pummeling me I'm really bad at making sure I spend time with people who mean a lot to me and people like my friends mean so much to me and when I see them I am just flooded with my feelings of love for them but I don't have the reflex to arrange to get together And I've thought about the reasons why, and you could say insecurity, and I can blame having so little money in my 20s and 30s and being really embarrassed about the places that I lived in because they were really awful for me never feeling comfortable extending an invitation and not being able to afford to go out to meet people. So I've just never really flexed that muscle of, hey, do you fancy coming over for dinner? Because I never really had anywhere to invite people until the last couple of years so I'm not a natural hostess but in the last few years my friends Ali and Charlotte who live fairly close by will come over for takeaways or one of my concoctions fairly regularly (laughs) my friend Charlotte is obsessed with my prawn and aubergine curry and if I don't hear from her for like a couple of weeks if she's busy with work and she's one of those friends that if you don't hear from them, it means absolutely nothing. So I will just send her an emoji of a prawn and an aubergine and she will just be like, yeah, I'm coming over. And we sit on the sofa, we eat out of bowls, we have a great time and they've never complained and said, oh, this is awful. So 
I want to try and learn how to do it a bit more. So before the end of the year, I'm going to extend the invitation further and wider to friends. Say, hey, hey, do you want to come over or do you want to meet up? Otherwise, I'm the person who's always accepting invitations rather than doing the inviting. And I'm missing out on those lovely connecting conversations and days out with friends which I really love like during lockdown or as as the lockdowns were lifted not during lockdown obviously but when we were able to go out and about again but there were still lots of restrictions I used to meet up with Cher Webb again she's been on the podcast she's lovely and we would go for long walks and pop into free people and we just used to have these shopping days where we'd just spend the afternoon we'd go and have a cupcake at Peggy Portion and then we'd just go for a mooch and they were such lovely bonding times that I spent with her and I realize I haven't done that in ages we keep saying that we're going to do it life always gets in the way so it's going to be really important over the next few months to make sure that the plans are made again for example my friend Amy I'm not a Christmas person because I always get to Christmas and go oh I should really plan something for Christmas but I have never (laughs) never thought that far ahead so I messaged her this week and said right we're doing something for Christmas um because and we're going to book it now So I'm trying. I am trying. The third regret is that I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. And while I'm sure this is more about boundaries, my interpretation of this, because of the year I've had, goes back to Reese Witherspoon's advice, actually. Let people know what you want. I've said since day one of this podcast that I want to interview Arnold Schwarzenegger one day, and I stand by this. And I'm going to get in touch with as many people as I can over the next few weeks to see if I can get some traction on this, because... I think he's fascinating. It's not that I'm a fan, it's that I am a fan, obviously. But in addition to being a fan, let's not forget, I am also a trained journalist of over 20 years. And I feel as though there are lessons to be learned from Arnold that would be really valuable for anyone listening to them in a conversation. And I would love to invite him on this podcast for him to talk about Yes, he's, I mean, he's so inspiring. The way that his first business was a demolition business in California, where he and his mates from the gym would just go and knock over with their sheer force would knock things over I find all of that really fascinating how he doubled his salary in Hollywood every single time the confidence to be able to ask for what you're worth obviously when you're a big man it must be easier but I think there's so much to be so much incredible wisdom to be extrapolated from Arnold Schwarzenegger that I'm going to email as many people as I can over the next week He's also got a book out, so if ever there was a time for his people to say yes to me, it is now. So keep your fingers crossed, listeners. And if you are listening and you know Arnold or any of his team, please do put in a good word for me. <laughs> the fourth regret that, that comes up when you Google it is, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Now hear me out, but I've made some progress with this in the last 12 months, and so this one really doesn't sting as much as some of the others when I, re- when I read it. And perhaps this is because I create content, but I realized that somewhere between all the content I was creating during the lockdowns and going back into the real world, I started censoring myself. And actually, my censoring myself was I was preempting criticism. I actually started creating content for the people who might bully me for it, people I knew who might sneer about it behind my back rather than faceless trolls. And as a result, I became content impotent and I stopped sharing. I really did. And I could really feel it. And trying to get back into it, trying to sort of build up those muscles again, felt really slow. 
But in 2023, though, I feel as though I've got my confidence back. And I think longtime listeners might have heard this with the bullet points episodes because they are very much now about how I'm feeling and I don't edit or censor myself for any anticipated criticism. And I'm happy to stand by what I said or admit I was wrong should any valid critique come my way. The episode about girl dinner and girl math was a really good example of that. I looked at it through my lens, but when I got feedback to say that actually it was for younger women and this was where it stemmed from, I was grateful for having absorbed more knowledge about it and changed my opinion. That was really helpful. So I'm keen to do more of that. And if there's any learning to come from this, it's just to keep leaning into expressing opinions without trying to be a shock jock. (laughs) I'm not trying to, I don't want to shy away because of what someone might say. I have no problem admitting I'm wrong or should have known more before I publish something. And I think that that probably is a good way to be. And the final regret you'll find if you do a search online for common regrets is, I wish I'd let myself be happier. And I'm definitely someone who fears looking relaxed or happy in case it doesn't look as though I'm taking life seriously or as if I don't care. And I think I found myself in an emotional cul-de-sac with this where I almost believe that if I do ever just feel content, then I'll get slapped in the face by karma or something similar. And I don't quite know how to tackle this one, so perhaps this is where I get some support, maybe speak to a therapist or a counsellor to work through what's really going on here, is this idea that happiness will have a cost isn't a healthy one. But again, I have time to work on that between now and 2024. But if you are someone who finds yourself not leaning into happiness because you think there's going to be some sort of payback, then I don't don't think you're alone. I've spoken to some friends about this, and I think... It's really not that uncommon, but I think it is worth spending some time untangling it. And untangling it probably is best done with a mental health professional or, like I said, a therapist or counsellor. Again, the most important thing is if I was facing all of these things at the end of the year, I would feel quite blue. I would feel quite down. But facing them now, knowing that there's 12 weeks to not undo the damage but there's 12 weeks to take some action is actually I find really quite empowering and I feel quite bolstered by it I feel as though okay actually this is a really good time to have this audit this is a really good time to think about this because a lot can happen and I think when we start the year we start with so much hope and anticipation but equally we kind of find our feet it's like starting at a new school if you like and you sort of it's cold it's dark it's all of these things and you kind of get into your stride and then spring happens and then you kind of like oh we can enjoy ourselves and but then we could have come out the other end as we talked about with stress timber and it feels as though you've suddenly got to I don't know know exactly where you're going and, and achieve so so much by the end of the year and that just feels like a lot to contend with so I'm hoping that this isn't to put more pressure on this is actually to take the pressure off and I think reframing it as if today was December the 31st <clears throat> would there be anything that I wish I'd done differently is a great way of looking at it because you can go well actually it's not I've still got 12 weeks to make a change so let's make those changes look truth be told I didn't expect this to be quite such a personal episode as you know it is always my intention to create podcasts that inform and entertain you and that helpfully offer you the tools and tactics to feel better in your own lives and I hope that in sharing my my technique or the fact that I'm bringing my end of year review forward and allowing myself to see where I could make some small changes I hope that by sharing that with you 
I release some of my own pressure, but I also release some of yours if that's also an experience that you're having. And I hope that if you found yourself in the same situation at year end, feeling a real sense of dread, failure and dismay, that this frees you up from that cycle too, because what works in 2023 can work in 2024. So I really hope that this has been helpful. I hope that you would be generous enough to share your experiences of 2023 and the things that you would like to change before we head into 2024 over in the Facebook group. Why don't you, I'll start a post and why don't you just let me know anything that you have thought about in this episode. Obviously it might be quite personal, so you can DM me or you can email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. And also just as a little aside recently, because why wouldn't I make more work for myself? But I'm quite excited about it. I've started to upload short vlogs on a Sunday to YouTube. So really just short little insights. I say short little insights. Today's episode was about 25 minutes, but just insights into the week that I've had. So for example, this week I was out and about hosting events. So I shared some behind the scenes of that and also just sort of had a had some musings on the guilt that goes hand in hand with weight loss, which was something I didn't anticipate opening up about on the vlog, but it just kind of, it came up because it was linked to the activity that I did. But if you want to watch that, that will be over on my YouTube channel. And the link to all of that will obviously be in the show notes. I would really love if you would be generous enough to come over to the Facebook group and share your experiences of 2023, the changes you would like to make, and if there are any regrets that keep showing up for you, because I'm sure if we share it, we will be able to help each other with some techniques and tactics to help us really overcome some of these things that might be holding us back, that we think we can't change, but we absolutely have the power to make some changes. Thank you so much for listening to this solo episode. Next week, I will be back with a fabulous guest. But in the meantime, please don't hesitate. Get in touch. DM me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Emma Guns. Join that Facebook group. The link to join is in the show notes. And if you would like to send me a longer personal email, just for my eyes only, then email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I'll be delighted to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. I have appreciated your time hugely. I will see you on the next one. <laughs>